Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning to be in the Deep South? And I am back in the studio. Folks, we're going to be having fun for the next hour or so. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, we're going to, and my producer is an awesome Java chat. Now, we're going to be chatting just a little bit about that. But uh, meanwhile, coming up today's early September party, I'm going to give you a heads up on some stuff you can be doing. It's kind of a cool weekend. Um, you know, it's not too bad. Share some interesting emails, but we're live here at MPB. I'm in the studio, and in addition to some personally selected cheesy music, we're going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. It's a live program, folks, to sit back, join us as we take a few minutes of news, and then we're going to start this informal party we here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting called the Gestalt Garden. Folks, we're about to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's filled a rushing, and I got my Deep South Garden cap on. We're going to be talking about it for the next hour or so, so if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free. No matter where you are, one eight. I don't even know the numbers. You got the number right. You back in the studio, Felder. It's right there on the on the side. Oh, there we go. Eight seven seven MPB ring. Eight seven seven. That means toll free. MPB means Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ring or get us connected. We're going to be talking about also, sir. How you been doing, sir? Java? Man, I've been fine, man. How you been? You you, you finally back on, on, on in the states? I am. I am. The garden looks great. I had a, a fellow. We had talked to him sometime in the next couple of weeks about uh, coming by to check on my garden, some of my potted plants and things that needed water. He said he didn't have to water nothing. Because it rained all the time. No, that, yeah, no, that's the truth. <laughs> and everything looks good. I've, you know, I don't remember a September everything looking this green before. So, and uh, I know, you know, people in, in down on the Gulf Coast and certainly in Florida with the hurricanes and all like that, it's a horrible thing. But the, you know, those of us who got rain, we like a little bit of rain, a good soaking every now and then. Hopefully, without ninety hundred mile an hour winds. But anyway, it's, it's all looking good. How you boys doing? Oh, my boy, he's doing he's doing good. He's um started a new school. I guess you were away for that, yeah. Um and my little girl, she turned oh, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. she turned she turned one. Oh boy. Hug her while you can, man. When she turns fourteen, mm mm mm. Well, that's what I tell her mother. I mean, <laughs> me we we gonna have a little bond, but I'd say her and the mother gonna bump heads with that teenage girl thing. Hey, if <laughs> if she's normal. If they're normal, they'll do that. Well, we're going to be taking calls. I've got a few things to share, some events coming up. But I'd like to jump right off the bat and, and uh, slide down to Port Gibson and talk with Linda. Good morning, lady. How are you? I'm fine. Good. What's up? Yes, i got a problem. Um, my Confederate rose uh-huh. and another one of my plants, they are yellowing around the outside, around the side of it. Uh-huh. And on the Confederate rose, some of the, the roses, some, not the roses, but some of the uh, branches are hard. Mm-hmm. And some of my uh, leaves on it, they're like speckled, they got little speckled black things on it. Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, the Confederate rose, uh, which a lot of people, they used to call it rose 
excuse me, cotton leaf mallow, because it's in the same family as, as cotton and mallows and hibiscus and all like that. And they should be starting to bloom pretty soon if they're not already got some buds on them. But they're extremely drought tolerant, drought hardy. And if we got a bunch of rain, if you've got kind of a heavy soil with all the rain we've had, it could be that some of the older leaves are under a little stress. So what I would do, Linda, is look at it if the if the if the new leaves, the stuff that's you know the last two or three feet of each branch, if overall they yeah, look I okay. I noticed that the upper part. Yeah, those leaves are nice. That's fine. But well, the lower well, part, well, right. Well, those, those leaves they came on back in the spring and early summer, and they've had a hard time. And as a you know, leaves don't last. You know, when when they come on there, they'll last a few months or something, and then they 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 get thrown off. But if the plant's under stress, the older leaves are going to show colors. You might have some insects or mites or things like that. But again, overall, standing back from it, if the ends of most of the branches look pretty good. I wouldn't worry about it at all. The most I would do is go out just, you know, if you don't have anything else, you know, if you just got something on your mind, you need to do something, go out and just pluck some of those older leaves, snip them off. But it, 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 the, if the new leaves look good, ain't nothing to worry about. Okay, what about the, uh, like one of my elephant ears? Um, the plant grows, but it has like a yellow, a yellow thing around it. The, the outside of the leaf is yellowing. Uh, all of them or just some of the older leaves? All of them. Hmm. I had no idea. Usually elephant ears, you know, they, now they like water. So I, I I can't even guess on that. But also keep in mind, it's September. It's time for stuff to slow, start slowing down and get ready for, for winter. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know what to say about that. If you haven't fertilized them, it's probably getting a little late to fertilize. But you might hit your plants with a little liquid fertilizer, the kind you mix with water, just a little bit, you know, less than what the directions call for. See, then then prick them up for the rest of the fall. But other than that, it's time to start letting stuff go on down. But I have all my plants in pots, so. Oh well, if they're in pots, they definitely need fertilizer and in in water. It's good. if if overall their edge of leaves are yellowing and they're in a pot, that could be a watering fertilizer issue. It might have stayed a little too wet, a little too dry, something like that. But uh, potted okay. plants are are definitely more susceptible to water fertilizer problems. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Okay, Lynn. I'm hope glad you're back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back, and my garden's looking good. And uh, uh, they include some of my potted plants, but thank you, Lynn. Appreciate your call, too. Thank you. Okay, we've got a few things going on. I want to talk about them, but first, let's go to Mobile and see what's up with Becky. Good morning, lady. Good morning. Howdy. I want to talk with you about my wisteria. I have a massive wisteria. I built this big, beautiful arbor, spent all kind of time and money on it. This, it doesn't bloom. I'm just not getting, it should be a profusion of bloom, the beautiful purple. I'm not getting anything, and I'm, I just need some help. Well, w- w- yeah, what you need is some help just leaving it alone. Really? Yeah. Wisteria is in the same family as kudzu, and it makes its own, fer- it makes its own fertilizer, and it's okay. extremely drought tolerant. And, and matter of fact, it blooms best along the most miserable roadside, no fertility, no water, horrible conditions. And if it's got roots that are anywhere near fertilizer or water, you can get all vine and no flowers. Oh, it, boy. It, it, it requires bad conditions to bloom well. You know, that's just part of it. Now, well, a, a couple okay. of, one thing you can do, Becky, and this is something a lot of people in, in botanic gardens do, you know, instead of letting them go crazy, you know, everything mm-hmm. that grew this year, what sprouted back in the spring uh, all the way to, to the end of the fall, 
if sometime over the winter, if you'll cut some of those back, follow from the tip back to where it started growing this past spring, and leave mm-hmm. three or four leaf joints on those stems. That's where they bloom. They bloom real close to where they started growing back in the spring, and everything else is just excess. So a lot of times when you okay. see these things that are all flowers, because they prune almost everything off just leaving foot or, or so long stubs of what grew the year before, try that on a few branches. And then one last thing, this is going to sound really crazy, but it is mm-hmm. not. It's absolutely true. There's a plant hormone similar to our adrenaline called traumatin. When a plant gets injured, this traumatin gets released, and it kicks a plant into blooming. You can go out and actually cut a few roots on your wisteria. You know, go out from the trunk and make okay. a few little cuts here and there in a, in a circle, you know, not a solid line, a little uh-huh. dashed line uh-huh. around it. Cut it. Root pruning a lot of times will shock a plant into setting flower buds. Okay. I have a plan. Great. Okay. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. The, the, appreciate okay. It. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Uh, so I wanted to tell her the downside is wisteria. <laughs> if, you, if you cut if you cut the roots, that's one thing. But if you cut the stems, a lot of times they'll sprout right back out, where, right where you make the end up with a little ring of wisteria coming up. By the way, there's a, a, a wisteria called amethyst falls. Amethyst falls is a different species than the uh, the, the common uh, uh, Chinese wisteria. It blooms and blooms and blooms all summer. Uh, on new growth, it blooms all the time, and it's not going to wrap up your trees like the like the uh, wisteria from from Asia does. We got a few things coming up this weekend. Uh, Strawberry Plains Ottoman Center has their hummingbird, uh, and it's really hummingbird at butterfly festival. They call it hummingbird, but it's uh, today the eighth, ninth, and tenth in uh, Strawberry Plains, the Ottoman Center, just north of Holly Springs, up in North Mississippi. It is an incredible thing. I, just last night, I was showing some people a video I took with my iPhone of hummingbirds. They were so thick, it looked like somebody stumbled into a bumblebee nest. You needed a tennis racket. But uh, not only do they have unbelievable butterflies, they have butterfly tagging. Uh, you can actually hold some of these little uh, critters. A lot of butterfly hummingbirds, and they have one of the best plant sales of uh, flowering native plants. Some non-native, but things that butterflies and hummingbirds like. One of the best plant sales uh, for the fall. And uh, that's that's this weekend. Uh, they're also going to have a, a mushroom walk. If you're interested in mushrooms, edible and otherwise, they can have in this uh, tomorrow Saturday, September the ninth. This could be from ten o'clock to noon at Crosby Arboretum, which is uh, Mississippi State University uh, sort of an outreach thing. Uh, but it's 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 there in uh, Picayune, right outside Picayune. Uh, that's going to be Saturday from ten to noon. And uh, you, if you want to try to collect some, you know, bring a knife and glove and uh, and a basket or a bag, and they'll show you how to do that. It costs five bucks, but it's a beautiful place. The fall flowers are in great shape. Um, if you want to give us a call this morning, it's one eight seven seven MPB ring. I would like to also mention next weekend it's going to be the Gourd Festival, Mississippi Gourd Festival. Uh, some people might think it's a little corny, but the people are real serious and they have a lot of fun. Been to it numerous times. Uh, they have gourds, gourd crafts, gourd all sorts of stuff, uh, musical instruments. It's a, f- a family uh, type event. A lot of different things going on. That's going to be in Raleigh, Mississippi. It's the Smith County Ag Complex in Raleigh, Mississippi. That's going to be the 15th and the 16th. Uh, and I'll talk about it a little bit more next week. Uh, I try to get by there every year, but uh, it's just a, a real fun thing. If you want some more information about that, just remember org. 
org. A couple of other things coming up a little bit later in the month. We're going to have a uh, uh, the Wells Fest in Jackson. Uh, my friend Lloyd Beincrief is going to have a lot of homegrown pass-along plants. He always uh, has some incredible plants he grew himself. There's also going to be a Heritage Garden Festival. Heritage Garden Festival uh, is going to be September the 26th, which is the Tuesday, uh, from 4 to 6, late afternoon. It's a free thing, and the, the Warren County Master Gardeners in Vicksburg uh, have this uh, plant and seed swap. they got a garden tour, 1800s music. Um, that'll be kind of fun, but Tuesday, September the 26th. And the last thing I've got, maybe you know some more you'd like to, to call us up about. Last thing I've got is at the end of the month, I'm going to be giving a presentation at the Mobile Botanical Garden on Easy, fun culinary herbs. If you want to say herb, that's okay with me, but I say herb because it's got an H in it. And uh, I'm going to be showing how you can grow these things because they're pretty, they're easy, and some are downright useful. I grow oregano and rosemary and chives and, and uh uh, thyme, and just all sorts of herbs that I actually cook with, and hot peppers too. But we're going to be showing how to grow these things in small gardens, in containers, things like that. I'll give a little bit more information about that. If you've got some things you'd like me to talk about, help promote, shoot us an email. It's real easy. Garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, in just a second, we're going to take a break, but let's go up to Ayuka, way up to what I call the icebox. Hey, Hunter, how are you this morning? Hey, Felder, doing well. How are good. you? So far, so good. What's going on? Well, not too much. Uh, I had a few questions. Uh, I was going to plant this October some tea olive around the yard because I got some. I need some good, good smelling stuff. Being, being yeah, there. right. And other than that, and Confederate jasmine, that's really the kind of only two things that pop out of my mind. Are there any other things that you can think of that are fragrant, like those plants that would be good to plant? Well, those are both good. You know, the uh, Confederate jasmine, or some people call it star jasmine, they, they, it blooms from uh, spring until really middle of the summer, and it's going to be one of your most fragrant plants. And it should be hardy most years in, in Iuka. Uh, the tea olive blooms, uh, uh, again, that's another thing that blooms in, in the, the fall, the winter, early spring. And uh, so those are going to give you a lot of fragrance for a while. Uh, I like some of the, the, the old garden roses. Some of the shrub roses have got this most intense, Intense fragrance. Uh, they're called tea roses because they sort of smell like tea. But uh, anyway, there's uh, some really good those. If you stay tuned also, there may be some folks who will throw out some other things because there's lots and lots of good fragrant plants. Uh, what you would look for, Hunter, though, is something that not only blooms dependably, but blooms for a long time. A lot of things like the banana shrub that blooms really, really well. Just about time to take your shoes off in the spring and walk barefoot, but it doesn't bloom for more than a couple of three weeks, and then that's it. So anyway, stay tuned, and maybe somebody will throw in some other ones. All right, so that sounds good. Oh, let me throw one other thing out. Our state sure. tree, our state tree and our state flower a lot of states have different tree and flowers, is magnolia. And there's one called Little Jim, G-E-M. Little Jim is compact, not much bigger than a, than a tall camellia. It has small flowers that fit in, in your hand. It is the longest-blooming magnolia there is. There's some out in front of the MPB studio in full bloom right now. Uh, it blooms and blooms and blooms, compact, fits in the yard, and I don't think anything beats uh, the, that magnolia sweetness. And plus, it's our state flower. Absolutely. That's great. I'm definitely going to look into those. All righty, man. Okay, sir, honey. Appreciate your call, man. Stay warm this winter because it's going to, maybe it'll get, who knows if it's going to get cold or not. Anyway, appreciate your call. We're going to take just a little bit of a break. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, back in the studio talking about gardening with you. When I get off the air today, I'm driving to West Texas. 
I got about a 10-hour drive straight west. It's going to be north of all the, the rain that they had this past week. Uh, but I'm going out to the real desert. I'm going to be talking about gardening and yard art. If you'd like me to give a presentation to a library or master garden group or garden club, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. But we're going to take a break here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, a couple of minutes or so, and then come back with your live phone calls, which is what we do, nonprofit. Don't try to sell you anything. And uh, if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll be right back after more. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We've got a little bit of uh, cheesy music coming up in a, a few minutes, but meanwhile, if you want to give me a call, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring And, uh, you know, J- Java, I, I walk down to, I live in a little little neighborhood, they call it Fondren in Jackson. Yes, sir. And uh, a lot of people uh, in the Jackson area have heard of Fondren. It's a little small. It used to be a little town. It got swallowed up by Jackson. But they have this thing called Keep Fondren Funky. And you are a 100% a part of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually coined the phrase, keep fondering funky. Is that true? Yeah, somebody, they were, they, we were putting uh, holiday lights up, Christmas lights one time, and somebody said, let's put Christmas lights all over. Everybody put these white lights up, and we'll give, you know, all this kind of stuff. I said, white lights, you know, what about folks who like colored lights? Don't we count? <laughs> and so I got these big sizzling, you know, those great big the, old school kind. Put them out there, yep. <laughs> And I said, you know, we, we're funky here. Let's let's have a good time. You want to put out-of-season holiday lights up, you go for it. Pink flamingos, gnomes, whatever. Anyway, we're going to be talking about anything related to gardening. If I get stumped, I will look it up. But meanwhile, let's go down to Columbia and talk with Elaine. Good morning, Elaine. Howdy. Hey, how are you? Fine. What's Pleasure up? Pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, you mentioned rosemary, uh-huh. growing herbs, herb, and I... Can I kill every rosemary plant that I've put in the ground? Mm-hmm. I've tried it in the yard. I've tried it in a pot. I've yeah. tried it in my raised bed. I ignore it. I don't water it. I water it too much. I have full sun in just about every spot in my garden, unfortunately. Yeah. So what am I doing wrong, and what should I possibly Well, let me, let me, let me think. Rosemary is... And I hate to sound this because it sounds like I'm being mean, but it's one of the easiest plants there is to grow. <laughs> Here, here's the, and, and by the way, it roots really well. You can Whether you root it in water or in some moist potting soil, you'll have good roots on it within a month if you want to take some cuttings that are, oh, four, five, six inches long and strip off all but the top third of the leaves. And, and they root real well. And it's always good to have some new ones coming along. But if a rosemary plant is in heavy soil, soil that stays a little extra wet or if it dries out and stays dry it gets root damage it needs sort of even neglect and so (laughs) what i would suggest you know a lot of columbia you got a little rolling uh uh, place but your yard is probably flat and Um, yeah okay what i would do is i would dig a hole you know at least a shovel's depth maybe a foot deep in the middle but don't overdo it and at least three feet across 
and add just a little bit of stuff to it, a little bark, a little compost or manure, something like that, something to sort of fluff up your native dirt. So it's mounted up just a little bit, four or five inches in the middle, and plant your rosemary on the high side. Four, five, okay. six inches in the middle. Loosen up the, if you get a store-bought plant, Elaine, loosen up those roots. Mix that potting soil in and then plant it so it's a little bit raised up and it'll settle down a little bit, but it'll have that extra drainage it needs. But it'll have deep enough roots where you shouldn't have to water it. So, okay. uh, that's and what it takes. Oh yeah, it fools. You know, it'll do okay in the in part sun, but it really makes a good thick bush. Matter of fact, it makes a big bush. It can get uh, three feet tall, sometimes taller, and four or five feet wide if it's in a nice wide hole, not kept too wet or too dry. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. Oh, I really let, appreciate it. Let me let me throw this out. If you're gonna go that oh. much trouble. That much trouble digging a good hole. Don't overdo it with the add stuff to it. If you're going to go that much trouble, while you're at it, put your uh, two or three little groups of daffodils around the edge. Throw you some, uh-huh. you know, some uh, some pan- violas or pansies. In other words, plant some stuff out there so it's not just a rosemary, a bush. Yeah, a, right. a bush. And that'll give you something to look at till it gets some size on it. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. I appreciate it. Appreciate right. your call. Thanks, Elaine. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go over to Arkansas. Mark, what part of Arkansas are you calling from? I'm in Calico, at the Riverview Hotel in Calico Rock, Arkansas. I love Riverview. I bet this isn't the mark, is it? It is. Well, howdy. I've, I had so much fun staying at your place in the heart of the Ozarks. We really enjoyed having you. What's going on, man? Hey, I have a suggestion for a long, blooming, fragrant flower. Okay. You can't go be- do better than our moonflower, this Jimson Weed relative. Yeah, and uh, it, it does yours reseed itself, or, or do you have to replant the seeds every year? This one comes back from the roots. This one comes back from the roots. It's Datura what? Stramonium. Oh, 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 yeah. The, the, a lot of people call that angel trumpet. Of course, anything with a big flower like that is called angel. This is the one that grows kind of a flat, and the leaves, uh, the flowers point upward. Yes, and then they unfurl. You know, they, they, they only last one day. They bloom at dusk. And you can actually watch the flowers bloom. And it releases a magical fragrance, too. And, uh, and by the way, that, that plant's native. It grows better in the median of the interstate than in good dirt. It's another plant that really likes to be low-maintenance. So, that you know, that, that that's a good suggestion. You know, this one is also, it's really drought-tolerant. This one sits on the south side of the hotel, so it gets uh, reflected light. And right now, it's about... 14 feet across and 10 feet deep. Full, full of bloom. Full of bloom. Some, some nights we'll get 75 or 100 flowers a night. Yeah, one of the keys with this is to not oh, not to baby too much, like, like rosemary. I've seen it actually growing uh, uh, along the interstate out in Texas. It's that yeah, tough. No, we, don't, we don't do anything to it. Yeah, that's, that's except a good... De- except deadheaded. Yeah, and, that's, and the, the, that big moth that comes out at night, that great big hawk moth, pollinates it. Oh yes, cool. Great suggestion, Mark. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Hope y'all are having a. Hope the. Are you starting to get any fall color yet? No, no, we're really green. We're, we're right now. We're <laughs> in about a week long drought for the first time this year. Well, you know that it seems like fall color is always better when you have a little bad weather, and it might be that the weather's so good, everything is be uh, will be growing great right up until frost. You might not have much fall color. Anyway, hope to swing by and visit with y'all. That'd be great. We'd All right. Just do you soon. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
I think uh, this is a, a couple from uh, out from Oxford who have a really nice old 1800s uh, inn called Riverview in, uh, up in the Ozarks. Anyway, if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring 877-MPB-RING. I'll be glad to talk with you. Also, you can shoot an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, we got some cheesy music coming up in just a second. If you want to give us a call, though, we got plenty of time just to yak about gardening. There's a, a few events going on. I'd love to help promote any if you want to shoot me an email about that. But uh, meanwhile, this is a good time of year to start thinking about what you're going to plant for, for fall uh, and for winter. A little early for things like pansies and violas and snapdragons. Garden centers really don't have many of those in yet. We like to wait till October, a little bit closer to cool weather. But if you like to grow your own vegetables, if you like to grow things in containers or raised bed, this is the time to start lettuces. All sorts of colorful lettuces. What I like to do is mix three or four different kinds of lettuce. Some frilly leaves, some, you know, not frilly leaves, red stuff, green stuff. Uh, just mix them all together and put a pinch, just a pinch of that mixture in a little pot and do two or three pots like that. Within a week, they'll be up. You can transplant them into bigger pots. And within three weeks, you're going to have a perfectly little already mixed salad. And if you can start some of these every couple of weeks, you will have a continuous supply. Rather than planting everything at once, start a few, you know, three or four little pots or three or four little pinches in some soil uh, every couple of weeks or so, and you'll have a continuous supply of ready-mixed salads. And you don't have to worry about whoever picked it, whether they washed their hands or not, because that's just between you and your faucet. That's all it is to it. Uh, Java, you want to do this little cheesy music while we get some phone calls? This is a, a, an oddball, kind of short selection, but uh, I like the idea of putting peas and gravy in your hat. I just love it. We're going to be back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on MPB right after this. Potatoes love, my gravy love, potatoes love, my gravy love, potatoes love, my gravy love, tomatoes and potatoes and my peas, tomatoes and potatoes and my peas, potatoes love, my gravy love, potatoes love, my gravy love, potatoes love, my gravy love, tomatoes and potatoes and my peas. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fell rushing. Am I on? I can't hear very well. Sounds like I am. Okay. Java, you don't know how close you came to messing up just then. You have no idea. I did, how did I mess it up? You told me to push a button I wasn't familiar with. 
and I looked up. You do up. it all the time, Phil. What you mean? Yeah, but see, I got bifocals on it. You said push the one with the dot on it. I'm thinking, well, okay, how about this one? And I looked up. You know, I have never, I have no training in radio, no training in any of this kind of stuff. And you tell me to push buttons, I'm not sure about that. Anyway, folks, give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring if you want to talk about what's going on in your garden. Got a lot of weather coming up from, from down south, and not sure whether it's going to impact our Gulf Coast or not. We'll wait and see. But uh, meanwhile, if you've got some things you're interested in doing, want to give it a try, or maybe you heard something you're not quite sure about, uh, I'm a second opinion. Not the first opinion. I'm your second opinion. And keep in mind that the advice I give is based on training, it's based on experience, it's based on observation, based on me not selling anything, and based on what would my mother do or not do. Or she's going to smack me on the back of the head if I don't go down to past Christiana and talk with Mike. Good morning, Mike. How are you, sir? Hey, great, fella. How are you? Good, good, good. good. What's up? Okay, this is a couple of things. This is uh, my first year to on the Gulf Coast, so I'm not really familiar with everything that goes on and really enjoy gardening and uh, in the process of having some raised beds. I put out two fire lemon trees in the spring, and you told me to go 12 inches above where it was grafted cut yep. it off, and it'd be great, and I did. And uh, uh, they've done very well, except now the leaves are beginning to have they're just getting pale instead of dark green. Yeah, overall, so they need a little fertilizer. Yeah, they they do. The first first year in the ground, plants don't need as much fertilizer because they, we're trying to get them rooted, but they need some fertilizer. Okay. Uh, problem problem is it's getting a little bit late. So what I would do, Mike, would be to give it a little liquid fertilizer, the kind you buy and you mix with water. Yeah. But what, whatever it says to put in a gallon of water, that's plenty. You know, don't you know? It's, it doesn't look like much, but it's, it's it's plenty. And then give it a good soak of that. That should help it get it uh, into fall. Okay. One more. One more question. Mm-hmm. My my ancestors came from over in the Carolinas, and they brought an apple tree over to southern Tennessee uh-huh. that we just always call the sweet apple tree. And it's an apple tree that comes in, the, the, the fruit comes in in June, and it's about big as a tennis ball, uh-huh. yellow, has a high sugar content. We always make vinegar out of it, dried apples. Will those make it on the coast? Yeah, it's going to be hard to say. If I had to give an educated guess... I would say no, but as a gardener, I would say give it a try. And the reason I would say no, because uh, fruit trees, particularly apples and pears and uh, cherries, most fruit trees tell time about how much cold weather they get in the winter. And they tell time above freezing but below 45. Those are called chilling hours. And some require five, six, eight hundred, a thousand chilling hours. Uh, Cherries need a thousand. And you can plant them all you want on the Gulf Coast, but they don't get enough chilling, they're not going to flower. So it depends on, uh, on the other hand, if you have one that's low chilling, doesn't need many hours, a lot of times further north, it'll get a chilling hour in the middle of the winter, First day that comes along that's pretty, they bloom, then they get frozen. So it really just depends on that variety's chilling hours. And if it does well, well, if it does well in Tennessee or up in the the upper parts of the Carolinas, chances are it needs uh, at least six, seven hundred chilling hours, and you maybe get two or three hundred. I'm in the very southern part of Tennessee. Yeah, but that's still the way up. That's north of Alabama and Mississippi. Yeah, I've got eight. 
sprouts that I've saved from them. You know, they're two or three foot tall, yeah. and I, I was well, just curious. Yeah, give give them, give them a try. Put them in different, uh, you know, different. You know, even though you said you're not, you know, from there, you might find somebody who who a little room. In other words, spread them out. Don't put all your eggs in that one yard. If that well, makes sense. Well, I have to have two. Well, I have to bring two sprouts in order to pollinate. Well, see, that's that's a good question. But when we're talking about cross pollination, we're talking about two different varieties, not two branches off the same tree. So you can have fifteen from the same tree, but they're all basically the same tree. Cross pollination means a different variety. And uh, by the way, there are some some apples that do pretty well on the Gulf Coast. Uh, there's one called. Anna, A-N-N-A, a couple of those, I can't remember the top of my head, but if you could find one that does well on the Gulf Coast and plant it near yours, if it does need pollination, then it'll cross-pollinate if it doesn't, and if yours doesn't make, at least you got something. Well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it, because these are probably, these trees are probably 250 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try to save it if I can. And well, and, and just just like your other ones, you're going to put them in the ground, you know, cut them back to about two Two and a half, three feet tall, so they'll start bushing out close to the ground. I mean, this this is that's hard to do. But yeah, but you know, work. but you know, Mike, there's not a commercial fruit grower on earth who would f- not do that. They yeah, all yeah. do it, and it's real important for a lot of different reasons. But let's just yeah. put it this way: the only people who don't do it are people with tender hearts. <laughs> and if you want, if you want a fruit tree, don't prune it. But if you want tree fruit, let's go ahead and cut it back sometime this winter. Hey, that's a good deal. You know, we've already got our fall garden planted in our raised bed. Okay, well, it's time. It's time, man. I appreciate your call this morning, Mike. All righty, I'm going to go now to Brookhaven. Suzanne, good morning. Good morning, Felda. How are you? So far, so good. What's up? Wonderful. I am trying to get some information on a plant that was in our yard in Greenwood when I was growing up. It was some kind, my mother called it a butterfly lily. It was white and very, very fragrant. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, also, some people call it ginger lily because it's actually in the, it's a type of ginger. It's not a true ginger. And if you wanted to look it up, it starts with the H-E-D-Y, hedicium. And it's, okay. a, it's a great plant. It grows uh, all the way up in the Tennessee, the Gulf Coast. Hardy uh, perennial, die down in the wintertime, but it it likes mulch, likes a little moisture. So, uh, matter of fact, where, you, where it grows naturally, a place like New Zealand and a place like that, it's, it's like a weed along the edge of creeks and stuff. But put it where uh, maybe uh, where you could do a good job of working the dirt up, mulch it really heavy, and water it really, really good every three or four weeks or month or so. Are those, are those available in nurseries at this time of year, or do I need to wait till spring and try to locate and plant? What's the best? Well, that's, that, again, that's another good question. Garden centers tend to sell what people buy, and a lot of unless you have a really unusual local place that, that really likes to get unusual plants, um, and will order some for you. It might be easiest to, if you can't find it locally. In another month or so, they're going to start blooming all over Brookhaven. When you see some of that, I guarantee you, just trust me on this. You go up to the door, I got a hat, I take my hat off, hold up my hand, and say, That's a, is that a butterfly, ginger lily? And they'll say, it sure is. Well, my mama used to have one of those. First thing you know, they'll give you a piece of it because it spreads. That is a wonderful idea. It is not also called a shell. The, it's very close related. The shell ginger is looks like it, but it's variegated. 
It's got yellow and green striped leaves. And instead of having those big clusters of real fragrant white flowers, there's little hangy down things with some flowers that look like seashells. Okay, that that is wonderful advice, and I appreciate the information so much. I, I don't know, you know, find a garden club, find a master gardener, tell them you want some ginger lily because the stuff propagates like ring it. You just dig a piece of root up, and you'll have a whole new plant. Real easy to propagate. I think I know just the person to call. Thank you so much. Be sweet. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> Let's go to Meridian. Hey Sue, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. What's going on? Um, We have a spider. We call them banana spiders. They're big and they have a yellow stripe down there. Yeah, yeah, yellow and black. Big ones. Yeah, big ones. And they take up, the one takes up residence on our front porch every year. Uh Uh-huh. And... When they have their babies, they don't seem to come into the house or anything. No, they're outdoor critters. They're outdoor spiders. They don't like it indoors at all. Right. And the grandkids love to watch the progress Uh and everything. But I was thinking this morning, they set up residence right in the middle of my flower bed. Is this going to do any damage? Are the babies and all going to do any damage? No, no. These are, by the way, the... Spiders give me the creeps. I've got the hair standing on my arm just talking about it. But this is one of the <laughs> coolest spiders. They set their webs up because they catch moths and stuff that fly at night. And that's the reason they're close to the porch because you've got all these moths and stuff flying by. But it's a great beneficial thing for the garden. Really, really good. Well, they, okay. That's, the children noticed this morning that they had... She had caught a bug in her web overnight. So they me, were thrilled. Let me let me give you something really cool to show your kids and tell them not to do it too much because we don't need to bother this. The spider just trying to make a living. If you get a piece of pine straw or, or long, you know, any any long skinny thing, uh-huh. and if you if they're real careful and don't disturb it, they go up and they'll barely barely touch her. Okay, then uh-huh. she'll start instead of running away, she'll start dancing. She'll move the web back and forth and back and forth like a big swing. It goes back and forth oh. like crazy. But you know, just barely touch it because if you do too much, she'll run away. And you oh, know, okay. and uh, yeah. and, and of course, teach them not to mess up the mess up the spider's little web because that's how it makes its living. But anyway, oh, no, try, they try, love it. And in fact, some friends won't come in the front door. They go around the back because they don't like spiders. But. <sighs> I can't We're imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, these they're great beneficial, but they'll dance if you just barely touch your back with a piece of pine straw or something like that. Oh well, we'll try that this weekend. Thank you, and you can tell the caller before me. I have ginger lilies in Meridian. If she wants to make a trip, I'll be glad it, to share. It, am I right that it that it spreads real easy? It's real easy to propagate. They're almost like a weed. Yeah. They just come up everywhere. Yeah, that's a great plant. We appreciate yeah. it, Sue. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, and let's go to Mobile. Folks, if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Kim. Hey, Kim, what's going on? Hi, Felda. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. I am calling about a shrub that I have. I believe it's a holly. I'm not 100% sure what type of shrub it is. Um, mm-hmm. It was original to the landscaping of our home. It's, you know, one of those box type of shrubs right. um, that they put in the front. And this early this summer, it started to die. The tips of it 
were, um, it looked like a skeleton, essentially. The leaves were just um, dying. I I couldn't handle it anymore. So I went after it and pruned it all the way back, even though it was a little... Uh, the wrong time of the year to prune it. No, it's a good time. Uh, October, <laughs> October, November is not a good time, but any time in the spring, early summer. Did it? Oh, okay. Did it sprout? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I didn't know. Well, it worked. It seemed to work at least, and it greened up, and it um, the new leaves coming in were beautiful. I was so proud of myself. I did the right thing, but I just noticed that the leaves started turning brown again, and mm-hmm. we're starting to have little dead branches, and yeah. I'm. I'm wondering if it's just something that I need to pull out the plants and get new plants or if there's some disease or something that I could treat. Okay, good question. First of all, I'd tell you easy how you can tell if it's a holly or a boxwood. Okay. Okay. You know how they have the little leaves shaped like your fingernail or so, little small leaves. Right. Holly, Holly leaves are in pairs. The stem will have two leaves at a time. Okay. Boxwoods. Hollies are one at a time. They're alternating up and down the stem. So boxwoods are in pairs. Hollies are, you know, one at a time. And if okay, you, I if, think we've got a holly then. Okay. If it's got leaves that are small, like your fingernail, like a sort of like a boxwood, that would be some kind of Japanese holly. Okay. The mm-hmm. Latin name doesn't really matter. But there's several different kinds. There's one called Helleride. There's one called Hetzai. But they look like boxwoods. Uh, they're extremely sensitive to staying too wet or too dry or back and forth, back and forth until they reach a point where they just can't take anymore and they just brown out. That's real, real common. And they're they're real popular with landscapers because they look good the day they get put in. But in the long mm-hmm. run, they of all the calls I get about plants that do what you're describing, two mm-hmm. out of three are going to be some type of Japanese holly. Yeah, I bet that's... And they, the new leaves are like a red color yeah, at first. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if it comes to suggestions, one is it's okay to pull them up and replant with, with some more because they can live for a long time. If you rework the dirt, and it's real important, landscapers don't do this, but if you'll pull the plant out of the pot, loosen up the potting soil and the roots, and then plant it instead of just pulling out of the pot and stick it in the ground, they'll have a lot sturdier root system. And if you want to try something that has a similar shape that's a lot more durable, we have a native holly called Yopon holly, Y-A-U-P-O-N. The dwarf Yopon is not that real pretty boxwood holly type of green. It's kind of a gray green, but it's real durable, uh, and it's easy to keep pruned, and has that nice little round shape. So... This, these these are really old. I think they're probably twenty years old. Yeah, um, but that, yeah, but that's 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 normal. Again, this is okay. real real common. They're real popular landscape plants, and after a few years, back and forth, too wet, too dry, too wet, too dry. Especially if they're up against the foundation where they stay right. wet from the water coming off the roof, or the dirt's not mm-hmm. quite so good. That's real classic of Japanese hollies browning out. Foundation plants in particular, don't have great dirt. They stay too wet when it rains. So right. it's a pretty normal. So you, you would recommend replacing them? Yeah, if they're that old. But what I would do is work up the dirt, bring them out in the yard. You get a big enough yard. If you put them out uh, two or three feet further away from the house, they'll look like they're up against the house. They'll grow a whole lot better. But, again, just be sure you loosen those roots when you pull out of the pot. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Felda. Okay. Good luck on it. Appreciate it. And by the way, I hope to see you. I'm going to be at the uh, Botanical Garden on the 30th. Hope to see you there talking about herbs. 
We're going to take a little bit of a break, folks. Come back with more of the Gestalt Garden. Got time for your calls. Got somebody from Tonertown, from Warsaw County, from Laurel. I'm not even sure what Warsaw County is. But anyway, horticulture's fell to rushing. We're talking about gardening here every Friday. It rebroadcasts on Saturdays. And if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Or else if you want to email anytime, garden at mpbonline.com. Org. We'll be right back. Me and Java and Miss McAdoo are going to be right back with you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Well, you know, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing here at MPB. Let's go to Tyler Town. Hey, Adam, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How about you? So far, so good. What's up? I've had a musky dying vine that I need to dig up and relocate. My question is, do you think that uh, if I dug it up and relocated that it would grow? Is it an old one? Is it pretty pretty mature? It's probably three years old. Uh, you might be able to. Muscadines are kind of hard to move. You know, I, my family had a, a old muscadine. I've been growing muscadines since the 1970s, and they're not as easy to move as a lot of other plants once they get established. What you might want to try to do is move it, but also take some cuttings uh, and, and see if you can root some of them. And uh, do you know, is it a, just a particularly great vine, this reason you, you, you want to keep it, or just you already got it? Yeah, just already got it. Um, you know, it, it's not the best thing, you know, moving muscadines or muscadine blueberries. Uh, what I would suggest would be if you want to move it, go ahead and get you another uh, another uh, uh, variety, one of these new self-pollinating varieties that will pollinate itself and yours. And, uh, you know, that way if you got a backup in case yours doesn't make it. Okay. You're going to have the All trouble right. of digging a hole, might as well dig two. There you go. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Now, we're going to talk to Philip. Philip, where is, are you in Warsaw County? It's Walthall. Walth, Walthall County. Well, I'm yeah, just, I'm, I'm I just talked. north of your last caller. Yeah, the last caller. Yep, Tyler Town. And, and uh, you know, that's where the rushings came from. A lot of rushings down in there. Yeah, you told me that. We were uh, we corresponded about a German garden a while back. Yeah. Uh, you might remember. Anyway, uh, my question is, I had friends who were down in Magnolia in Pike County who grew lemons. And I was wondering if you could recommend a particular variety. Uh, I'd like to try my shot with the lemon tree here in Walthall County. Well, I'm at a disadvantage here because my training and my observations say that they're not going to grow that far north of the coast because if we have a normal winter. But we haven't had a normal winter in I don't know how long. Uh, instead of you know, if you could grow a lemon, I'd, I'd I'd keep it in a pot just in case we have a hard freeze because they don't like hard freezes. If you want to grow something in the ground, think about the one called kumquat, and and a plant called satsuma. Satsumas are like small oranges, and they're yeah, a lot more cold hard. And uh, they're they're a lot uh, they're a lot hardier, and also kumquat, which are more like big bushes with small edible skin oranges. They're real heavy producers, and they'll take down in the twenties. 
But okay. uh, and then 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 try the lemon as an experiment. See what happens. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Okay. Good luck, Philip. All right. Thanks. Now over to Jones County in Laurel. Hey, David. Good morning. Uh, good morning. What's up? I was wondering if you could talk about the need for pruning fig trees and the best method for doing that. Uh, near and dear to my heart. And uh, here's the deal: figs produce in one summer on what grew that year, as long as it grew off of last year's growth. So, in other words, in the winter time, you can prune it, but but grab the end of the branch and follow it to where it started growing the year before, and leave at least half of that. Okay, uh, some of mine have gotten so tall that I can't reach the, yeah. the figs in the top of the tree, and yeah. I was wondering if I could could cut them back some. Uh, you you could, but you're gonna you're gonna lose uh, you know, the the next year's crop. Do you have some smaller branches growing around the edge? Can you prune out the big stuff and leave some of it unpruned? Uh, I think so. That'll make it easier to to maintain the space between them all. Yeah. Uh, Commercial fig growers, they prune them, uh, you know, just like azaleas. Every year when they put out new growth, they'll they'll cut back the new growth a little bit to keep them bushy and compact instead of long and tall. So anyway, you can cut on them uh, the, the late winter, and the new growth comes out in the summertime, you can prune it, and it'll get bushier. But if you prune them hard, they'll put out new growth, but they won't blip. So leave some of it unpruned is what I'm saying. Do some of it this year and some next year. And if I've got any dead branches, I need to remove those. Yeah, anytime, anytime. It's like gray hair. Just pull them on out. Some new ones will come on back. Okay, thank you. Good luck. If you need some more specific stuff, shoot me an email. Will do. All righty. Now let's go down to Gulfport. I think we got time to squeeze in another call. Tim, what's going on on the Gulf Coast? Oh, not much of nothing. Uh, we've been living on the edge of wetness for quite a while. Yeah. almost like an English summer down here. Yeah, except hot and humid. Yeah, but uh, two things. One, uh, about Satsumas, uh, you know, they came from southern Japan. Yeah. The Jesuits brought them over here. So they're definitely about uh, a hardy uh, citrus you can grow. One of the hardiest, that's right. Yeah. But uh, the, the caller earlier, the lady talking about her holly and the, the browning off, uh, there are a couple other things that might cause that. Uh, sucking insects can inject uh, viral particles, uh, bacteria, that's right. spores. That can cause that, and they're also stem borers. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are a number of moths, and a lot of them have, have more than one uh, generation. Growth period, yeah, yeah, generation yeah. during the season, and she, that can be uh, part of it as well. So she might want to consider using a, a systemic, uh, uh, like a midacloprid, which would last all season yeah. and evergreen. No, the, you know, those, those are good suggestions, but it still remains that of all the plants that brown out, Japanese hollies, 20 25, 30 years old, they're, they're notorious about root damage. I learned that back in college. But it's also the fact she pruned it and a new growth came out and they looked bad. So it tells me it's probably a, a, a root problem rather than insects. But anyway, it's a good, good suggestion. It's hard yeah, to make. I'm a, I'm a bug doctor, not a plant pathologist, so I always yeah. go to the bug end of the problem instead of the other. Yeah, side. yeah. I try to look at a systemic thing, right, but uh, but the borers on, on the hollies, but uh, Japanese holly in particular. Anyway, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for reminding me that there's lots and lots of different possibilities of stuff. We try to keep it as close to the middle of the road as we can. Uh, the Gestalt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer is a laid-back Java Chapman. Phone greeter today is the lovely Michelle McAdoo. I'm your host, horticulturist fellow rushing. I know this weekend will be hot and humid. 
it cool? Maybe a little wet, but here's hoping your garden fares well. It's staying cool and hydrated. Get around to plant some lettuce and maybe start looking for a place to tuck some daffodils and pansies a little bit later. Main thing, take a walk, drive around, see what's going on in your neighborhood this time of year. Maybe you can have it in your yard next year. Uh, take a kid to a farmer's market, maybe a garden center. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you next week.